Ding, ding. started and welcome to episode 39b of the geeksters i'm your host ed and i am sean and tonight it's now time for our spoilerific episode of man of steel oh, here we go <laughs> folks all right so let's get into it right now um i love the movie because i thought it was awesome and it was a great retelling launch point of a new and improved awesome superman <laughs> i disagree <laughs> okay. He's giving the passive regret. I think you're wrong. No, fight me. No, I just think you're wrong. <laughs> Let's fight. No. All right. So, again, role reversal here. I'm going to have to be the person to defend the movie and why yeah. I think it's a good movie. You're going to tell me what you didn't like about it, and right. I'm going to have to rebuttal what it is that you didn't like about it. Of course. And then, of course, on top of that, Dave, who is our, usually our guest host, sometimes comes on our show and helps us out once in a while. He brought up some 15 points of interest that we wanted to share with you as well. Uh, okay, well, let's face it. It's not 15 points of interest. It's 15 points of him bitching about what he didn't like about the movie. <laughs> and just right off the bat, the first one, yeah. uh, it was all CGI candy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so was Avengers. So was Iron Man 3. Get your head out of your ass. This is the digital age. Get used to it. Right. All right. So do you want to attack? Do you want us to kind of handle your situations? Or do you want to go through the 15 points here that he says? And, and we also have two, and a couple of comments that he mentioned as well. <laughs> do you want to kind of go through each one as, as part of your argument in case if you do agree with something? And, or if, and even if you don't agree with them, right. obviously you pitch in. So it would be kind of like a... A battle royal in a sense where you kind of play sometimes the hero but sometimes the villain yes. like obviously the you know the hero when you defend a point that he thinks is yeah. a good point and i have to be the villain so you would you rather do it that way yes let's do it that way okay <laughs> yeah we'll read them off and then we'll uh, we'll talk about go it. point by point point by point yeah all right well um again number one was it was all cgi candy which is great to an extent but i feel it re- relied he- too heavily on it all the smashing and shit was more appropriate for a Hulk movie, in my opinion. I don't care if Clark won or lost. The movie sparkled, sparked no emotion for me whatsoever except for disappointment. I was actually getting bored and wished the movie was two, over two-thirds into it. All right, that was a bunch of stuff there. I'm going to say 
as far as the destruction goes, yeah. this is where I think is probably the weakest point of any argument. Mm-hmm. Let's go back a few years to a shitty movie called Transformers 3. Okay? <laughs> yes. In Transformers 3, mm-hmm. Optimus Prime sits back and watches while the Decepticons destroy Chicago and pointedly killed 100,000 people. Yes. Okay? No one bitched about the, the level of devastation there. Right. Okay, but now, again, sucky movie, so people go, well, one of the reasons why the movie sucked. Right. All right, fine. So let's move ahead a little bit forward in years. We'll go to Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Where Bane pretty much loads up all of Gotham City with bombs. Yeah. To a point where he basically knocks out the floor of a, of a football field. You see people fall in that hole. You know they're dead. Right. No one bitched about that. <laughs> okay? Right. But again, some people would say, well, that movie sucked too. Yeah. And I would be one of them. Yeah. So let's go to a movie that I think across the board people really liked. Yeah. The Avengers. Yeah. Where that movie, CGI heavy. Right. And again, you can look at it, well, because maybe because of Hulk, but no. This alien invasion tore the shit out of New York City. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure not everybody was alive at the end of that one either. Right. But how come no one bitched about that? Why do you feel like because it's a Superman movie that all of a sudden, oh, too much devastation? Right. And then you've got a guy who is faster than a spinning bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, blah, blah, blah. Right. And when he punches something, it's going to crumble if it's a building. Yeah. If you fly through a building, it's yeah. going to crumble. You know, I mean, I can make an argument that it was very visual as in the devastation. Right. But it's, it's there to design to kind of give you that level of power behind it. Mm-hmm. I know that was one of your problems. Well, as I was saying, I, was, I, I agree with this point and I disagree with this point. The agreement point of the... Dis- well, I'm going to start with the disagreement point of it. The fact is, is that you knew when you're fighting super beings or fighting each other in a city, it doesn't matter what city it is, they're going to have mass destruction. I mean, you're, if you're going to throw Superman into a building, he's going to punch a hole... It, the structure is not going to be sound anymore by engineer standards, blah, right. blah, and it's going to collapse or it's going to crumble apart in right. pieces. So that makes sense. The part I agree about, though, is that fact is, is that during certain fighting scenes, there was so much rubble that you really couldn't see too much of the action because it was flying so fast in front of you that you're like, what just happened? Like, I, you know, was it a was standard fight? Was there something special that happened? And that's how I felt like it was just like the, the action was way too fast. It was just, it was just, it was just. Not as fast as, like, you know, uh, it was quick and it was over, but it was just, like, they were moving so fast that you couldn't tell what was going on in front of you because they were punching at, at super speeds, which is like, okay, it's Superman, I get that, but it's just like, I want to see it. And I missed it. But I think, and I uh, but, but see, that's, the, I think, in, in the defense of that argument, I think it's designed that way because if you're looking at two superhuman beings fighting, mm-hmm. if, let's say, we were standing on a street corner watching that fight off into a distance, you wouldn't see, you would see glimpses of the fat fight. You right. wouldn't see the whole thing. Right. So in a way... The film pulls you into that action by saying it's going to happen so fast that if you blink, you're going to miss a good punch. So, you, like you said, you didn't blink, but you felt like you missed stuff. Yeah. But you also didn't miss everything. Right. Like your brain was fast enough to register two guys fighting, punching, kicking ass, tearing belt buildings. Right. You don't have to see every single punch all the time. Right. Now, again, as, a, as an action fan, I do prefer my action to be kind of a distance so you can actually see the fight. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, this, in this case, you're looking at two superhuman beings who are flying through the air at fantastic speeds that you're not going to be able to focus on anything anyway. Right. Now, again, you know, people can say, well, you know, they went through a building and you didn't see where they came out at. Again, to, to, to kind of formulate the chaotic experience of that fight. Yeah. 
So, I, again, that's, I think, and I do think that that is probably the weakest of the argument by saying, oh, well, everything was going by too fast. Well, yeah, all right, deal with it. Like, we live, in a, we live in a CGI era where you can do stuff really fast. It's not, again, going back to the thing we said on the other, other show is that you take, you take baggage going into that movie of all your previous Superman stuff. Right. Where the Christopher Reeve, the guy's on a wire, so you have to kind of ease him into a punch. Yeah. And use the film to kind of jack ratchet up. Right. But still be able to make the scene. Now in CGI, it's bing, 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 bing. You can get across that message. I, right. I think that that's... I just didn't appreciate it as much. I mean, it's one of those things that's just like, I guess because I'm getting older, and it's just like, it's hard for me to follow the action so fast, you know, that thing. <laughs> That's probably my problem, but the, again, it's just like, well, as an average moviegoer, it, it really kind of turned me off a bit because it was just like I couldn't follow everything that was going on, and I'd like to. Again, you know, I was having seen it twice, I saw the same emotion going through, going, holy crap, that building just fell. Uh, all right, so... Um, point number two. Point number two, the one time Clark doesn't listen to his father is to just idly stand back and watch his father get killed. Really? That's the one time he listens... He couldn't have perhaps found a way to save his dad without revealing himself then. They would have always had Pop Kent die anyway from a heart attack from the whole experience. I'm, I'm sorry, another weak argument. Really? I, I do, because <clears throat> the film, his father, the one thing his father didn't want him, it, it wasn't like, I don't want you to present yourself to the world. You have to pick the right time to do it. Mm. Not To save me is selfish, and you're better than that. You have to, because he says it earlier, sometimes you do have to let those people go. Right. To be able to to keep secret because the world isn't ready for you yet. Right. And with everybody there watching, he was still young enough. It was before he did his nomad walking across, you know, his what I call his, his incredible Hulk phase where he's walking across the country trying to figure out who he is by saving people here and there. Right. You know, this is going to be on a bigger, larger scale that not only I don't think Pa Kent could, how can I, the best way to phrase this, I don't think he could, he didn't feel that Clark was ready as a person, mm -hmm. as a man, to kind of expect what was going to happen. Right. Uh, you know, because he was still kind of like, they just had just got through the argument of, we well, are not my real father anyway. Yeah. Kind of deal. And it was a t the typical adoptive child kind of thing. And even Kevin Costner was just like, you're right, but I'm doing, the, we're doing the best we can. Right. And that kind of, to me, was like, there's going to come a time and point where you can't save everybody, and you're going to have to learn how to deal with this, and why not give you the hardest lesson, the last lesson I can teach you as a father, is learning how to let me go. Right. You know, and to me, that was very character-driven. Right. You know, like a lot of people, again, and we'll probably get into a bunch of this stuff, where people have said lack of character. I disagree, because I think a lot of the character building was very sub subconscious and subtextual mm -hmm. you actually had to look at the movie from a different perspective because with superman it's always right up in your face he's truth justice in the american way yeah all right but sometimes it's not that black and white right and you have to learn a lesson so i kind of feel like pot kent dying is more like him just going this is the final lesson i have to keep you have to stay there you have to do this to be to grow as a person right and that's why i think that him not listening to his father because he, he, he could have you know he, he didn't really defy his father in any of the other stuff right it was always I did what I, I did what I thought was right you know and even the one time where he rescues the, the kids on the bus he was like should I let them die and his father's like maybe you should have him which caused a lot of controversy right because you just heard that line but then when you hear the follow up behind it saying you're gonna have to you have the power to judge who lives and who dies who are you to have that power right you know, sometimes you actually have to hold back to to move forward. Right, right. Now, um, I kind of agree with you on this point um, because the the whole span, the whole movie, 
the fact is, is that I guess I'd say about two thirds of it was kind of like, how would the world really react if Superman was really here today? Yes. That's, that was the really kind of like, to me, the, the main point of the certain part of the film is the fact is, is that if a Superman came flying along, you're like, wow, that's kind of cool because, you know, you're, everybody lives in that fantasy world of like, that's great. But then all of a sudden now he has to make these life and death choices to whether who lives and dies. So now you're kind of getting that like fear of going, this man is now like making choices like that kind of thing. And it's like, who gives him that right? So that that fear sets in of today's society. Right. So it makes that makes a valid point. So it's like, yeah, you know what? It was a good character builder for him to for Pa Kent to die, and then you know yes. for for him to realize and, that and, and by he saying can't the, save everybody. And to me, him saying you know having to die from a heart a whole heart, whole experience of a heart attack, to me, you need to let go of the past because Pa Kent has not only died by a heart attack, but Mom Pa Kent have also died in another era of Superman. Right. So. This, to me, just basically reads as a person who's taking the Christopher Reeves movie mm-hmm. and applying that as canon, that that is the formula for Superman throughout all time. Yeah. And not being able to update it to a, uh, to a, a rational level. Right. So, now, the next one, I felt like I was watching an overdramatic soap opera with CG and green screen all over. I wish he was here so he could expand on that because it just seems to me he just rehashed what he said in number one. One, right. You know, like, it, it gets me is that... Um, Okay, let's go with four. This general's eyes worst portrayal of the character ever. Um, he didn't come across as a great warrior. He looked like a street thug who used too much chewing tobacco and ruined the lower portion of his jaw and had a mo haircut. Now he contradicts himself. He contradicts himself though by saying it's the worst portrayal of a character, but then comparing it to an overdramatic soap opera. Yeah. So which is it? Is it an overdramatic soap opera or shitty characters? Right. So. Be consistent with your argument. Well, overdramatic soap operas does have a lot of shitty characters. <laughs> yeah, but they're also designed to be overdramatic. And again, let's look at the Zod character. Right. We're talking about, as a spoiler, these are bred Kryptonians. Yes. They are basically machine-built, and they are product, they're products of Zod's main pur- purpose for being on Krypton was protect Kryptonian as a military leader. He's a military leader, so you're going to get. He's going to be cold. He's going to be heartless. He's not going to be, you know, passionate about anything. I mean, right. if anything, he's passionate about defending his people, right. which I think came across fine. I think that he became, he was that militaristic. I don't care that the ends justify the means character. Mm-hmm. And I think that that I think he was good in it. I thought he was he was imposing. I thought that he was threatening enough, you know, but also sympathetic in a way because he was a man just trying to do what he's programmed to do by defending his people. Right. And here's a guy, Clark, mm-hmm. Cal, preventing me from doing that. So I have to go through him to get what I want to save my people. Right. So I can't see how you can kind of build off a character that. That seems kind of standard character. Right. You know, how do you feel about Zod as a character? I mean, I, I don't know too much about Zod, so I can't really, you know, conjecture one way or another. But the, 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 to me, it was like the character fit the movie. Right. You didn't see too many military-type things, but there wasn't really too many military aspects of the movie. Because you also have to remember, too, while Zod was a military man for the Kryptonian army or whatever, he was also inciting a civil war. Right. So he's kind of like the he was kind of like rebelling against the, his own creators in a way by saying, well, "You guys are destroying our planet. I'm going to kill all of you because I think I have the right play." Right. 
So while his so that's how he's portrayed as the villain because but his again best villains don't always think that they're doing the wrong thing. Right. So in his heart and in his mind and what he's programmed to do is in order to save the, my people, I need to kill off the old regime. Right. You know, and that's that was his whole purpose. And then when the planet you know blew up, it kind of was like I know where the codex is. I had to find it so I can rebuild my people. Right. So I think that that is his whole driving force. Yeah. So I. I don't really feel like you need too much of a character builder because, like you said, his character fit the story. Yeah. What more did you want? Right. You know, and again, for a person who says, I wish there was more of, you know, he was a crappy character, mm-hmm. but then I was, I, I didn't feel any emotion from anybody, but yet I, I want, I want more of this character. Right. I get it, but look at the character in this portrayal. You can't look at the Terrence Stamp one because I, I think... My personal opinion is, of all the Superman movies, mm-hmm. up to Man of Steel, they're all boring as hell. I mean, they're super boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, Superman 2, which is, at, to the point, was one of my favorite ones. The moment you cut out the General Zod stuff, the movie's just as boring as the first one. It will always have a special place in my heart because I was eight years old when I saw it. My mom fell in love with Christopher Reeve. He could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And for her whole life, it was Christopher Reeve as, as an actor, as a person. So he's always going to be a part of me. Right. But I also understand, like, so to me, it, it kind of feels like, I don't know if my mom would like the movie. Right. But at the same time, I think my mom would still appreciate it because it's Superman. Yeah. It's a Superman for a new generation. Mm-hmm. You know, so <clears throat> I guess anything you want to add to that? Like I said, I, I, like I, said, I think he fit, he, General Zod for that movie fit. You know, and, that, and that's it. I mean, there's nothing more you can really say about it because it wasn't like you knew a lot about him to go, oh, you know, he's a horrible character because, you know, he's a thug, blah, blah, blah. Right. But he was, like you said, he was doing what he thought was right. And that's, you know, pretty much why he would be the villain in this movie. Right. Okay. Worst Perry, next one is worst Perry White ever. Not because he was black, but because he didn't portray White as we know him from the comics, the shows, and the movies. Now, the thing for me, though, is, I'm, I'm going to start with this one, is I think there was too much Perry White. I think really? Lawrence French Burn... I mean, he played the role in terms of he's just the editor. Like, you know, like, there are a lot of movies he's not really, like, a strong character. You know, he's the one that's like, you know, we got to sell papers, you know. I mean, right. he did. I mean, right. You know. And I would, I would agree. Like, I like it's always nice to see Lawrence Fishburne in a movie. Yeah. I always liked him as an actor. Yes. Um, I think that he kind of portrayed it as, now again, you're looking at Perry White from the comics and stuff like that, but you're looking at the comic version of Perry White from the 70s, from the 80s, before the digital age, Mm -hmm. before the internet. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of, that character is is a relic. Yeah. You have to modernize that character to a point where it makes it makes it feasible to have. He's not he's not jumbling up going Great Caesar's ghost. Right. It's not, we got to sell papers, we got to do this. Yeah, he's trying to sell papers, but he's also trying to be a businessman because he is fighting an online an online world. Right. Where, like, you know, you didn't see any kind of struggle with the paper. Right. So, I mean, I, if anything, I mean, I, I don't think you saw enough of him, to be honest. I, 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 I think... It- I think you needed less of him. But, he, he fulfilled his uh, the one part when he was you know when they needed him. So you're saying like you didn't need to see the three of them running through Metropolis, no, you know? No. And you're you're probably right. I would say you could cut that out because, but I think you wanted to. I, I think you need that because now you're looking at a franchise. Mm-hmm. So you need to build off of the people that you've established in the movie. So like if you take Florence Fishburne's screen time in a two and a half hour movie, he maybe be in it maybe like. 
10 minutes at most. Right. So, I mean, in 10 minutes, you have to kind of give him some sort of a character base that you can now build off of in the second movie. And I and I think they did that when they were having the, the interviews with, with, with Lois and, and talking right. to her, you know, about like, you know, you got to do this story or don't, you know, you can't post this story, that kind of thing. Like, that was, that was Perry Wade's job. I mean, he did it. Right. But then it's just like, he, they added on to it. It's just like... Well, now, do you think... Now, again, I didn't mind it because, to me, it kind of... While all this shit's going on, while Metropolis is getting basically smashed to hell, right. you didn't get to see any kind of human element going on. Right. So them being caught in the middle of that added the human element, and you did it with three characters who... Like, I don't know if you noticed or not, but the girl is supposed to be the Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, I, I, I'm going to say, I didn't care. Like, you didn't even, you didn't even have her name, who she was, was inconsequential. Right. I don't, you don't need a Jimmy Olsen in today because, in today's world, because, let's face it, Jimmy Olsen was the photographer. He was Superman's best buddy. You don't need that now in, in a modern age. Right. Yeah, especially when everyone with a cell phone can take a picture. Yeah. You know, so her being, him being turned into a her, her and being turned into an intern. Plus the fact that, like, in the beginning of the movie, Lois goes to that site and, you know, like, she was, and she was setting up the camera. Yeah. That would have been the pivotal point to have the Jimmy Olsen character right. in there to take the pictures to be a part of the storyline. Right. But, she, you know, so it's like, you didn't really need her at all. Right. You know, kind of thing. I mean, she was just an extra character that they added in. Right. For the, I guess, the human element, like you're saying. Like I said, well, like, well, let me put it this way. Would you have felt differently if you had that same scene with three random people or three people you've already established that you've seen in the movie? I'd have the same same feeling of it. Okay, so so in a way, it kind of like it's, it's not really like it, the scene's not needed, but it's nice to have because it did. It's three people that you recognize and you know, and you see how they're human. The human aspect of the but resolve. How they try, try to survive survive the fights going on right, the and how that that no matter even though Perry Woods the boss, he still had that father figure in a way right. by trying not wanting to leave her and be willing to sacrifice his own life at this moment. By saying, you know what, we're in this together. Right. And that kind of was like, all right, now where it goes from the next movie, it could be anybody's guess. Right. Because I, I haven't really thought about that aspect. I mean, because I mean, let's get to it. I mean, at the end of the movie, Lois knows that Clark is Superman. Right. You know, Perry Waits obviously going to notice something because he saw her kiss him at the end of the movie. Right. You know, like as, as Superman, not as Clark Kent, obviously. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I think that you're going to find that he might be a little bit smarter and just kind of ignore it because it may be because it sells papers, you know, or whatnot, or because, you know, just because he feels like they're doing the right thing. Again, you don't know. Right. You know, and I thought her as a character, like, okay, point number six is worst Lois Lane ever. Mm -hmm. She would have been fine a lot of Lang, but she was too mousy as Lois. I don't. I don't understand, okay. Again, of course, you do have to kind of go back and, and look at the comic books and look at the TV shows and all that kind of sure. stuff. Sure. And Lois Lane was a type, type of person that was always, like, kind of pushy, um, you know, maybe not intentionally. Maybe she was intentionally. No, I would know, say but, intentionally because she was that intrepid reporter where she would get her she nose into trouble. She was the scene and she wanted to be, you know, get the story and get all the facts. And, all that and that was established in the beginning where she walks up to the general and says, I, if it wasn't for this injunction by the Canadian guy, I wouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. You know, so let's stop measuring our dicks, you know, kind of, and let's get on with the job. I mean, right, that, that, that part of it, like, that was believable. But then after that, she just became this, like, mousy character. But, uh, okay. That, like, you know, that just didn't seem, like, she seemed, like, afraid. Like, her, her facial expressions were, like, she was more in fear. She wasn't, like, confident, like a confident okay, well, reporter now, okay. out there trying to get the story. Okay, now let me tear this one down for you, all uh, right? If you were in that position... How would your emotions be? Well, I mean... I and then you're think... talking about a woman who, who knows what she wants and she gets thrown in the mix of this whole bizarre shit that she's got to not only be able to 
process and you know like because even when she's going through the thing shooting around she's she was listening to jor-el mm-hmm. and she was doing her job you know she was doing what she was told she, she kind of had her moment to like shoot the bad guys yeah but to me she it was portrayed as like i just want to get out of here like i want to get the same well, wouldn't you right but it's just like there's other aspects of the movie too that like she could have been more like you know when the, she met superman bit more objective. What do you mean? Like when they were sitting in the the, the interrogation room, right? And she just seemed like she was she was kind of like asking questions, like what the S was on their, you know, where the. Well, she's or, curious to know, like, like if you. If, but it wasn't. It should have been more hard nosed and not mousy. It was. It was very mousy. But okay, but see now to me, I'm going to say she handled it perfectly because she's also being watched. She's being watched by the government, and she's also trying in a way trying to protect him because she's met him before in front of the gravestone. They already had that conversation, right? So she knows the reason why she wants to bury the story is to protect him, and because she kind of believes in him. So now she's forced in a position where she has to interrogate him because she knows she's being watched, and she's still trying to be protected by doing the softball questions by saying, "Yeah, but I think I think she could have been a little bit doing kind of like a duality type of thing where she could have been hard nosed about it, but still finding a way to ask the right questions to protect him I, I, at the same time, like the show, the government." He's not a bad guy. He's trying to be trying to save. But, them. Yeah, but okay. Now she had got a chance to ask what two questions before the the other guy walked in. Like I mean, you don't know what that interrogation was going to go. She basically said, well, "What's the S stand for?" Mm-hmm. Like a softball question to kind of ease into making him feel comfortable to talk about himself. And then it's like, well, here it stands. Here it's letter S. You're like trying to have a conversation, like to teach him, like, well, here it's an S. Why not super? And then that's where the, the mic thing goes off, and it's the professor in the other room. Right. And that derails any kind of interrogation that she might be given. She got to ask one question, and well, you're, and you're, and you're going to judge her on one question. Well, I, th- I think they should have had her made ask more questions. But yeah. Okay, well, we should write the scene. That, that's that's that being nitpicky. I, I, I don't think it's nitpicky. I, I think that that in the situation that she was in, she handled it the best way she possibly be. She she. How can you be balls to the walls, hard ass when you know you got the government watching you? You're trying to protect the guy. Let's start off slow, like because she thinks she has all the time in the world because they're not ready to give him over to Zod yet. Mm-hmm. So why not ease in? Let's let's let's. Well, I'm saying I think this. I think that scene would have been more like if he, she was kind of showing, asking more questions. They're not like hard nosed, but enough to where <coughs> she's protecting him, but yet still going to go like, well, it's going to make a great story. Like when we're you know write it. But, but yeah, but the, yeah, but the, that was always Lois's. But the thing is though, you've already established the point like ten minutes before that she's not running with the story. So anything that she does from this point on isn't for a story. It's for herself. Yeah, but she should. She, <laughs> That she should be. Why? I mean, again, you're looking... Okay, it's... What you do as your job does not define you who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Okay? Her job is to get the story, whatever the cost. Right. Now, when you decide to throw away that story, everything you do from that point on is from a personal level. Yeah, but you could also write another story that can... But she already... She's already... Again, now now you're really being nitpicky because it's like, I get your point. And I understand it, but big scope as a as a as a as a character, she's already established that she's not running with the story. Now this is all kind of like personal curiosity. Right. So now curiosity, what's the S stand for? I, that'd be probably the first question I got from instead of just like, well, where are you from? What are you doing? What are you doing here on Earth? Let me just start with the basics before I get to the heavy shit. Right. Like you know, well, what's the S stand for? Well, at the time of S, it's the symbol for people for hope. You know, well, well here it's an S. You know, kind of like right. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. Right. So why not be called? You know, like and then all of a sudden. The, the, the assholes jump in. Right. Because they want 
they want the hard, they're like, we want the hard questions answered. We want this, we want this, we want this. And that's where he kind of, kind of almost dismisses them in a way, going, breaks the, breaks the handcuffs mm -hmm. to kind of like, and go, dude, I can see this, but I know who you are because I can see the idea. Like, shut the fuck up just for a minute and let's get some shit settled. Right. Stop being so goddamn pushy. <laughs> so, in a way, she was kind of like letting him be in control of the room because she knew at any time he could break free. Other people didn't. So, why not placate to the audience? Why not play to the room? Why not underplay you as a person until you're ready to make the statement? I just, I, I just, I can't see it. I just, I, I, hey, look, I'm just, you know, I just can't see it. again, it's going to be a lot of agree to disagree. Yeah. I just think that, that to me personally, I think that that. Her saying that she was mousy is kind of just weak. Like, when you're in that situation, everything you know gets kind of tossed out the window. So you got to start basic shit. You gotta, you're going to be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So have me go left, I'll go left. Have me shoot to the right, I'm shooting to the right. Like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> you know, she's hurtling through space, going through the atmosphere of Earth. Well, I mean, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Like, you know, she does become... But then again, as, as much as Lois is that hard-nosed reporter... She also plays the damsel in distress. Regardless of how hard news a reporter she is, she's constantly the. I mean, granted, there is there is times that she, you know, she should be like that, like in the spaceship scene. That I mean, that's you know, I could see that, you know, because you're like now you're in an element that's way above what you're normal used to. So that's to me, it's like yeah, you're kind of freaking out. This a being appears because you stuck the key in there, right. and all of a sudden, like now he's helping you. You know, he explains it as best and quickly as he can because he wants her... He wants her safety and we got, I got shit to do. Right. You know, so... I, okay, so we kind of agree with that. So you're you're focusing, and I'm assuming he is too, Dave here, is, is focusing on a three-minute conversation. Uh, well, because, we, because I'm going to say, half of the shit that she knows about him, he already established back in front of the gravestone. So all those hard-nosed hitting questions that you were wanting in that table already done 10 minutes prior. Oh, let's let's go let's go to the the graveyard scene this okay. gravestone. Like the my big question because after I saw it, I'm like, "Well, how did he know or how did she know he'd be there?" Okay, because uh, okay, this is the best way I would I'm not going to say because he's Superman because mm -hmm. that that to me is a cheap ass excuse. The fact that she showed up at his mother's door. Yeah, but the thing is the next scene he shows up at the door like the first time he sees his mother in a long time. Right, and uh, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she doesn't know, doesn't know a way to contact him. Like again, we're talking. But that's, but that's assumption. Okay, yeah, but okay, but it's 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 an easy assumption because yeah. you've already established the fact that he focuses on his mother's voice to get rid of the noise and the sights and the when when he's a kid. He's already been established to kind of how to calm himself and center himself. I have to think about my mother. Mm -hmm. So the moment he, so he's calm, he could be, it could be, because he's focusing, and this goes back to if you're a fan of Smallville, when he had the heat vision. Why did he get the heat vision? Because whenever he, was, whenever he got emotionally passionate about something. Mm -hmm. So he used Lana as his trigger for the the the, the, the heat vision. Right. For this case, he's got the super hearing. He can see hear everything around the world. So he's got to constantly be focusing into that that ocean atmosphere mm -hmm. to make everything a white noise. So you don't think that that there's a trigger that when he knows when his mom's upset about something. And then on top of that, if she's been asking all these questions, you know that there's got you know like again, it's you and I are both hypothesizing about something that we didn't say. Right. But I think I'm looking at it from a, a logical step of going, the guy can hear everything. How do you know that he doesn't have a trigger for when his mom says, Clark, 
you need to hear this. Right. We didn't see that scene, and I'm assuming that, the, and I am making the assumption that he knows his mother's voice so well that if she she can have a conversation in the house without him even being there, mm-hmm. to say, by the way, Clark, if you come over, grab some milk. Right. Like, you know, but here's the thing, like, Clark, there's some trouble. There's a woman asking questions. She stopped by the house. She's. I, I told her to go to the cemetery to, for the gravestone. Like, right. meet her there. So, and he comes down, you know, like, you're making... I'm, I am making that assumption right. because of Superman's powers. Yeah, but the thing is, is that but because they never established it in this movie, is the fact is of what hearing range was. If they established that, maybe that uh, assumption could be. Made. Well, see, but they also there's a couple of things that they did not establish. The you don't know what the extent of his powers are because let's right. let's face it, because you're sitting there going with the whole oil rig thing. Why did he just blow the fire out? Maybe because he doesn't have the breath. Or when he screamed out in pain after his father died. Or when he killed Zod at the end. I mean, that, let's just face it. Spoiler. He kills Zod at the end of the movie. So let's that's, just get that out there. And I know that well, you're that's, big, that's the biggest That's the I big have, thing. Yeah. We'll finish off with that. But when he screams in pain and in anger and frustration, and we'll get to the reason why I feel that it was perfect, mm-hmm. there was no super breath. There was no building shaking. Right. So he might not have the freeze breath. He might not have that, that power. Yeah. Because he doesn't know what he has yet, and I would think that at that moment you would know. Oh shit! I got I just yelled and whoa! Like right. yeah, like him yelling at the tornado with his father dying. It could have dissipated the tornado. Maybe he just doesn't have that power, which I'm glad for if he doesn't have that power. Because again, Superman has always been treated as a godlike figure that could do anything. Mm-hmm. Like laser beams out of the eyes, powerful breath, can fly. He's bulletproof. He can do anything, mm-hmm. and be stand for good in America's way. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe it's good that they tempered him. Like, here's like, uh, I don't even know if he brings uh, <clears throat> if he brings it up. But, um, you know, when they, when he first gets into the Kryptonian ship mm-hmm. and that machine kind of attacks him and he gets hurt. Yeah, he does. You know, okay. So, we'll, I mean, so let's cover that now because right. we're talking about his powers. The whole, the whole Kryptonian aspect of the, the film, mm-hmm. like I said in the last show, Superman's number one enemy has always been a rock. A rock from his planet. That turns him into a weakling. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at it from a bigger scope of than just like like, he, I'm sure he mentions the thing about the sky. Not you know, like I thought the sun was red. Why wasn't it red? You know what? I, I don't even want to bring that point up because that is how do I put it without. You can say it's stupid. <laughs> because and again, it, it, it's it's to me that's a nitpick, and and I, I and I'm not I'm not going to justify that conversation well, see, no, no. only because if, because if you're going into this movie, not you know, you know Superman from the films from television, you're not going to really understand unless you read the comic book that the the, the sun was red and, and planet Krypton. Okay, but now and now that's, that's that's all you need to know. I do want to and, address some certain okay. points because. We both know that there's going to be people out there who go, oh, I think it's stupid. Scientifically, I've never heard of a red sun. If anything, it's a red, a red dwarf sun, which are usually smaller. And they don't give off enough you know, light or heat or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if you look closely, because I did see the movie twice, mm-hmm. the skyline of Krypton was more orange than anything else. Mm-hmm. Which means that you mix red in with a yellow sun, you're going to get orange. Yeah. And that it's established that it's the atmosphere of Krypton that makes them who they are, mm-hmm. which is the reason why it pulls away from Clark's powers when he's in when he's in with Zod. Mm-hmm. He obviously, like, when he's with Zod, the atmosphere of the ship is still very much Kryptonian. Yeah. And that saps him of his powers. Right. 
Okay, which again, at the very end with the big world changing machine, every time he flies through the smoke, it's Kryptonian atmosphere he's breathing. Right. That's affecting him because it's fighting with the young son of Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, it almost made me feel like Jor-El sent, because, and again, I thought it was, I thought the, the origin part of like the whole Jor-El start was, was better than just planets going to blow up, let me put my kid into a spaceship and send him out into the galaxy. Mm-hmm. This one gave him a purpose. I'm sending you to Earth because I believe that I believe that you can show Earth how we failed. Mm-hmm. You know, like like in a way of of Jor-El saying, "I see Earth as how we used to were millennia ago." Let's say, yeah, and that they're doomed to face the same fate as we are unless someone's there to prevent that. Very very eco friendly, right? If you think about it, because yeah. it was our. our I, I, when, <clears throat> I saw, when I saw that part, I was like, "Wow." Oh, Right, Jarrell's being green. Right, basically, like it was our we 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 sucked up our natural resources. Yeah, we 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 killed the planet by being this tech, this advanced by sucking all the resources out of the, of yeah. our planet. Earth is the same without maybe the density part because again at the end where they start changing the the the, the, the I guess the elements of the Earth to kind of change it more Kryptonian, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that later on too because I got theories about that like for future stuff. Right. If Earth keeps going the way they're going to go, they're going to wind up just like us, blowing up the planet. So I'm going to send you to teach them the difference of the ways. And because I know how our people were a millennia ago, that maybe they were more like Superman as far as powerful beings Mm -hmm. because of the the gravity of the Earth, whatever. And that it was their own undoing, their own sucking off the Earth made them weaker for the, 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 I guess you could say, pollution or the atmosphere or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that when the world changer, basically, we'll just call it that, the world machine was working. It was it's it was changing every element inside the Earth's core to more of Kryptonian, which just basically kind of a big giant factory. So everything was smoke related and and atmospheric. Yeah, which made him weaker every time he threw flew through it. Which now ties back into when he goes into the ship the first time. Mm-hmm. That ship was sitting on Earth for twenty thousand years. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was it was it twenty thousand or two two hundred thousand. The ice. Two hundred thousand. Okay, two hundred thousand. Yeah. So you got the ship Kryptonian atmosphere. Encased in ice for two hundred thousand years. That atmosphere obviously is going to kind of seep out through through two hundred years. Yeah. But there's still going to be a, like a, a thin layer of the Kryptonian atmosphere in there. Mm-hmm. That when he goes into the ship, it might not have affected him as it might not have impacted as powerfully as it was when he was on Zod's ship. Mm-hmm. But it still might have had an effect on him when he was on that ship, which is the re- and it was also established too that Superman gets punched. He can, he he can feel it. Right. So the, the machine going by and hitting him in the arm, you know, dual effect. Number one, we established that he can't get hurt. Right. You know, and it, maybe the Kryptonian atmosphere, as, as as minute as it was, did have an effect on him that he wasn't aware of. Right. I mean, the whole laser beam eye thing, he kind of, like, shakes his eyes off the board like he's refocusing. But that, to me, makes sense. Like, I don't think it was, like, Kryptonian because even Zod did that. Like, after he did the laser, you know, the, the laser eyes. Right. They both kind of were, like, like kind of, like... They, like their form of rubbing their eyes, kind of like focusing. Yeah, yeah. So I think that in that moment, in this, in when he first gets on the ship, I think the reason why he gets hurt is because of that thin layer of of Kryptonian right. stuff. Um, but how did you feel about that? Like, did you like think anything other if he's supposed to be so indestructible? Why did it affect him that way? Like, no, I mean it, it made sense because it's like you know, like you, they weren't like super beings in the ship, so like they were like standard human beings. So when he went to it. Their atmosphere was the same as being on Krypton, so he being away for so long since pretty much right birth, right, you know, like kind of thing. I mean, he was a ba- little baby just born, right. That he adapted to the new environment. So to him to go back into the old environment, 
did affect him in that way. It made him weaker. Like, that's why he was on the ground coughing right. and, like, it the coughing like, of the blood. Like, right. yeah, and he passes out, whatever. Because yeah, that made sense. All right. Um, what about the super being spaceship the Quaternions used to put them into the Phantom Zone? Really? You're going to send such a massive ship to put away a few bad guys? This, again, really starts. This, this one bothers me the most. Mm-hmm. Who don't even have superpowers. Remember, they didn't on the planet. And even Krypton blowing up freed them from the zone, what made that cocoon thing they were in each other dissolve that kept them in stasis? I mean, the first part, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like the massive ship. It's like, all right, well, they got to send them somehow. You know, right. like, My whole thing is, like, take Alcatraz. Yeah. You throw all your bad guys in that ship, and, you know, in that building, and then you rocket it up in space and put, like, a big giant fence around it. Right. Okay? Now, the cocoon part, I, like, how I felt it was done, it was like, like I said, like, take Alcatraz and put them into, like, a sleep state. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it's powered, and you send the Alcatraz up in the air. Right. And then you have your central hub back on your planet. Right. Once that power goes out, everything that it was connected to that gets cut off. Yeah, but see, they didn't describe that in the movie. They now if that. Yes, happened, they did. They did. Yeah, they did. I mean, okay, well, you saw the spaceship go up. Yeah. You just kind of was like, okay. And it went into something like that. That, that zone. It yeah, and it opened, opened up and it closed hole. up. Yeah. That wasn't natural, mate. That was that was because even if you want to go back to the old Superman stuff, that was their form of jail. Right. So you didn't need any kind of explanation. You're getting put into the Phantom Zone. Right. Okay. That made sense. And so, like, you know, so up and down. So if it's powered, if that gate, like a Stargate, is right. powered by something on Krypton, the moment Krypton blows up, that power source is gone. Now, did they explain that in the movie? Did I miss that? Well, when Zod was explaining how he got here, he did say that when Krypton blew up, we were freed. Yeah. Because the power for the cocoons went out. The power for the Venom Zone went out, and this power for the, the, the whole jail itself went out. Mm-hmm. That they had to actually find a way to, they were floating, they were floating through space, starving, mm-hmm. and they had, a, and they finally found a way to, uh, basically joy rig the Phantom Drive mm-hmm. to be able to propel the ship. Yeah. Okay. Then they went from place to place to look for other Kryptonians that they know have already been established. But it wasn't until Superman walked into the, until Clark walked into the ship and set up the distress signal inadvertently that they know where Clark is at. Yeah. So, okay, now we go there. Right. So, I don't understand, like, the part of where, where he... Well, the thing is, to me, it was the fact is that I didn't think that it was powered on Krypton. I think that, that maybe the gate was opening and closing was powered by Krypton, but I didn't think the ship that, that kept him in stasis was powered on Krypton. So to me, it was just like I could see the I could see the ship being freed. That I could I could buy that. Okay. Like, you know, I think the gate opens up because the, the planet gets destroyed. Right. The, the, the the electronic gates open up. You sure. know, wherever you want to call okay. them. You know, okay. Kind of thing. But they're still in stasis because that phantom drive on the ship is keeping them in stasis. See, no, because the phantom drive also went out too. In the, in the ship, which like, like I, I kind of visualize it opened up, and then there's the ship just sitting there, yeah. dead in the water. Right. And so even if even if the cocoons were were used by the Phantom Drive on the ship, yeah. Once that power went out, that freed them. Right. Like okay, but it was like but, instantaneous. Like once but, the planet blew up, because I think it well, the, the, the that but, Phantom Drive should have been running but, for another thousand okay, years but, or whatever. But okay, yeah. now I'm going to. This is where I think you have to make those. Leaps and yeah, like if I say Ed, what's what's the link between A and C? The link between A and C. Yeah, what's your first instinct? If I give you the letter A and I give you the letter C, what's the one thing that can join the two of them together? B. Okay, you didn't need to have that hand. You did not. I did not have to say first comes A, 
then comes B, then comes C. You knew instinctively that it was going to be a letter B. Right. It's a little poking, to be quite honest. But then maybe this is the reason why. Yeah, but the thing is, is that I understand that because I was taught the letters between A and C right. is B. But, but that's not the point. The point is that you are able to put fill in holes in logic from what you from what you've know. Right. Okay. So now what you know about science. Yeah. All right. If, if that's Kryptonian science. Holes, right? Yeah, but no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't start getting, don't be, don't turn into that guy where you go, oh, but it's Kryptonian. All right? Don't, don't turn into that guy. You're better than that. All right? If, if this ship, do you honestly think there's guards on that ship? Did you really think? I mean, if you're going to be stuck in the Phantom Zone for 300 millennia, you think you're going to have a guy, go, like a janitor going over through that place? No, it's remotely controlled by the people of Krypton on the planet to be able to monitor what's going on in that ship. Well, that's a, that's a stupid design. Well, why? Because <laughs> I would have the Phantom Zone or the Phantom Tribe powering those stasis, so that way if something happens or the gates but, open but up, again, but, they're, but, still, they're still in stasis. Again, but, you've all, but it was already established through Jor-El talking to the council uh-huh. and Zod coming into the council. The council's a bunch of fucking idiots. Right. So they're, they think they're programmed better than these guys, so they know what's right. So they don't have the um, luxury of hubris mm-hmm. to be able to say, well, what if something goes wrong? Because in their heads, it's not going to go wrong because we are who we are. Mm-hmm. This is how we're programmed. So we have our, we have our jail up in the air, closed up by the electronic gate, right. and everything's fine. The planet's not going to blow up. Don't worry about it. They didn't think beyond that. Right. So when the planet does blow up, that structure that would maybe monitor and look at that jail is now cut and everything that's in there is now free to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, but the thing is, it would be nice if they added the scene where you see the machine that's keeping them in stasis. Why? Blows up because in that way you go, all right, that blows up. Now they're free. The whole planet blew up. (laughs) I mean, that's that's, that's the point I get. Like, why do you need to see a machine blow up when you see the planet blow up? Because you don't understand everything that's going on, and you have to kind of like fill you in have the to holes. right exactly. And you have to fill like, in the holes, and if you can't fill in the holes, that's on you, not on the movie. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I mean that's to me like to me. I was just like, okay, planet blew up. They're powerless. They, so anything that they drove is now obviously it's like if I pull the plug out of our mics right now, mm-hmm. we're dead in the water. Yeah. So that doesn't mean that they blew up. That they're just there. That that the, the cocoons. Mm-hmm around them so they were able to go hey what the hell's going on then because now the big front gate is open they look at the gate and they go shit our plan blew up what the fuck right. now the problem is, now this is where it's something that I never not being a Superman fan in comic book wise <clears throat> and I when I posted that article on our page about the tw- like the, the facts and the easter eggs mm-hmm. there's an establishing shot of Krypton with the blown up moon mm-hmm. you know well one of the prisoners when the, the, the doctor that was working on Clark pulling out the blood mm-hmm. He's the guy responsible for blowing up the moon. That he was already in the Phantom Zone before that. Now, we don't know that right. because we're not Superman fan. But if somebody who's a, a diehard Superman fan knows what happened to the planet, to the moon, why is it shattered like that? Mm-hmm. They would know it's because of this guy, and this guy's also in the Phantom Zone. Right. Because it was established in the comic books or whatever. Right. So the guy who was doing all the, the Doctor stuff, mm-hmm. he was kind of like the prophet, like the evil, the evil version of Jor-El. Right. So they used his mind, and again, this is where I become the 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to fill in some gaps of logic here. Since, you know, even, even on the ship, I just figured, like, a big thing is, like, okay, you saw, like, what, maybe six or seven of them get put in cocoons and shot up, you know, mm-hmm. shot up in there. You don't know what point in the process of the judicial system is, because they could have said, because it wasn't like it was just those seven ragtag rebels kind of going, Woo, we're going to take over, you know, we're going to take over Krypton. Right. It was it was his troops. It was right. his army. Right. You know, even in the establishing fights, there was battles going on. So they're all Zod's people fighting. Yeah. So even if the even if the Alcatraz part was had maybe like five or six people in the beginning, because I think that you have to do something horrendous to be put in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. It's not like I was caught jaywalking. Like you know, three cycles in this Phantom Zone. Slow bitch. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think that, you know, he took his army and put it into that big, into the Phantom Zone. Right. And then I do believe, like, and then this is where I kind of wish that I, I got my hands on the, the Man of Steel cross, like, prelude movie. Right. But comic book. Can we maybe filled in some gaps? Because from watching Smallville, he had his troops, and he had people who were loyal to him, and then he had people who didn't believe him. They blamed him for their predicament. Right. So you don't know if there was, like their own mini civil war during the 33 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Zai was like, okay, people, I, I still got this. I'm sure there's people who didn't believe in him right. to try to fight back. And there's people who submitted and knelt before Zai kind right. of thing. So you don't really know what was going on in the ship at that time, but mm-hmm. in the 33 years they couldn't get there. So, again, I think that, that people putting at that, that part is, like, kind of silly. I just wish they would, I, I don't know, I just wish they would explain it more just because it's just like, like, again, like you have to fill in logic, and it's just like... I really don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but... Not that I don't want to do it, just that it's just like you get to a point where it's just like there should have been something a little bit more, another element to, to add to it. Well, maybe it's a deleted scene. Yeah, let's hope I, so. I mean, well, you hope so. I could care less because I don't need that scene because right. I was able to make the... I was able to make... And not because I'm... Uh, you know, I don't... My movie watching is, I think, probably a little bit more advanced than yours. Yeah. So I'm able to fill in those gaps maybe easier than some other people. Right. You know, I just feel like the people using that as an excuse of, like, what's going on, it's kind of weak. You're, you know what? Who cares? The point is, you need your bad guy to get it from point A to point B as quickly as possible. So here's the story, blah, blah, blah. Either you buy it or you don't, but it doesn't matter because it's not part of the overall plan. You want Zod to beat the shit out of Superman. You want Superman to beat the shit out of Zod. Let's get him there. Right. Okay? So let it go. If you want to know, read the novelization or something. Right. Right. Another frustrating thing to me was seeing Krypton's son. It was yellow. Krypton's son's red. Get over. We both agree. Yeah. Get over that. Right. You know. Like, um, another thing. Number nine. Another thing that bothered me. After Sue put the black key into the ship, the Kryptonian robot, which was also just like the iPhone, uh, hit him and actually hurt Superman. However, we did detain Lois. It didn't kill her. She just had a cut and needed to be cauterized. If it hurt him, it should have split her in two. I'm going to disagree only with the fact that where it was hit, where he was hit, he was hit in the arm. Right. She kind of got hit in the gut. Right. Like, he, maybe he moved faster than her? Who knows? Or maybe the machine, because it was it just came out of stasis, right. lashed out as quickly as it could and hit him in the arm. Right. Where now it's been around for a while. She shows up 10 minutes later. He now knows what the fuck's going on. And he can go for the just a normal shot, which would kill anybody else. And it was going to kill her. Right. She was going to die. She was going to die because of just right. better aim. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> I watch a, when I watch a superhero movie, especially a Superman movie, this is where Dave starts to lose, and I think a lot of people start to lose credibility. Mm-hmm. Especially a Superman movie, my mind gets lost. I can actually imagine there's a Superman, or even sometimes I could picture being Superman myself. It didn't happen for me even for one second in this film. Okay, that's a personal gripe. Right. But I think the beginning part of it is the fact that, every, especially a Superman movie, that's your key problem right there. I said it before in the first show, the movie was called Man of Steel. 
not right. Superman. Right. I think to establish the fact that everything you know about the Superman movies is gone. Right. This is a new time, new era, new, and you either, you know, this is who Superman is now. You either accept that mm-hmm. or don't. We don't care because we made money and more people enjoyed it than didn't enjoy it. So, screw you. Like, <laughs> we're making another one. <laughs> um, why did Superman destroy the spy satellite at the end of the movie? They already know he's Clark Kent. They drove Lois right to his mother's fucking house, for Christ's sakes. Besides Lois and half a small villain, already knows Clark is Superman. Another dumb reason why he just watched his dad die. It was all in vain. Your comments? I don't think they were looking for the farm. Like, no. Uh, like, uh, type of thing. They were looking for where he would, like, kind of, like, go. Like, and I don't well, think like I said, where, you have, where I hang my cape. I don't go to Kansas. You right. know I grew up in Kansas. I just told you I grew up in Kansas. Everyone knows that I grew up in Kansas. Everyone knows my name is Kal-El. Right. Not Clark Kent. Kal-El. Right. You know, you, as a government, want to know where I sleep at night so you can keep an eye on me. Right. I know that. Here's your camera. I'm shoving it up your ass. Right. I don't think that that's too much of a stretch. Right. You know, there was no cinematic, cinematic Superman theme music whatsoever. Even if they didn't want to use the old one, they didn't create any that sucked ass big time. Again, personal grave. I, I had no problem with any kind of the music score did. background. You did? Yeah, I like, I like, I mean, I mean. Well, okay, you that, can't, you, I will agree. Let's, let's, let's agree right now. Yeah. You cannot compete with the John Williams score of Superman. Yeah, you can't, you can't beat that at all. But you at least get some kind of theme that gives you kind of hope. And then I didn't feel that. That's what kind of think brought the movie down for me a little bit more. All right. Well, we'll I, look, I, I say it's my personal, my personal. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm I can't, not saying that, that like, you know, it should have had a. Da, 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 right. Da, da. I, no. I mean, it, granted, because you're, you're just that's you're going to keep using that one. You're just going to rehash that theme because there's no theme. You're never going to going to give you that kind of feeling of yes, right? Because I don't think that there's a there's a composer out there other than John Williams. Very few composers that will be able to give you that oomph. Right. John Williams has been able to every single one of his films has given you an iconic theme. Yeah, there is between him and Danny Elfman. Who else do you really need? Yeah, I mean. In my opinion, those two are the best composers for movies ever. Right. So if you can't get Danny Elfman, if you can't get John Williams, I think any other composer is going to fall by the wayside. I had no problem with the music because it didn't. I I, I do understand that the cues of of music, but I've also pre- appreciated movies that didn't have any music score in it too. Like let let the raw emotion of yourself project onto the film. I don't want a music cue to tell me when I should feel happy. I don't need a music cue to tell me when I should feel sad. And that's what music cues do. Right. So maybe not having a theme like a, a, an operatic theme that bam 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 yeah. bam bam. Maybe that was designed that way. For a reason, I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, for my personal preference, I, I didn't enjoy it. I, I, I needed again, or maybe maybe you just didn't hear the theme it over the, strong enough, or because over the explosions. Right. Uh, Superman's cape is red, not off red, not a maroon, not a maroon with a yellow trim at the bottom. Red. You can call me gay all you want, but I miss Superman's little red man panties. <laughs> uh, you know what? Again, that's good. I, I I mean, I, I don't get it. I mean, I wish he was here to explain that more because... Well, because, again... It was red, wasn't it? Because, yeah, it was red. No, what he's saying is is that... The best way to put it is, again, he's going in with the wrong mentality of judging this movie to all the other Superman movies. Right. That when you look at Superman, it should be a bright blue suit, a bright red cape, and that yellow should make that S pop. Right. 
Right. You know what? Pick up a new comic book, a new Superman. In action comics, he doesn't even have the cape. He wears a T-shirt with a letter S on it. He's still in jeans and work boots. Okay? So now I'm just saying, like, this is where I go. You have to let go of the past to appreciate and accept certain things. I had no problem with the missing the little red panties. I liked the suit. I didn't have a problem with it. I'm okay. I thought it was dirty. I thought it was gritty. I thought it was it was very more indicative of the Kryptonian lifestyle of being a second skin to put over on top of an armor. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's going to be a little darker. It's going to be a little because it's not supposed to be as seen. Mm-hmm. And in some points, like at some shots, it looked a little brighter blue. Sometimes it didn't look a little brighter blue. Mm-hmm. It it went with the establishing shots. Mm-hmm. So I, I just again I just think that 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 to me is like one of those like but this is not what I'm used to arguments right and you gotta let that go because this is a new Superman for new era right what we like even I was like uh, no no I mean, man there's 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 been other iterations of it maybe he's like an all black suit there's been ones where he's an all white suit right so it's not like you know. It has to be the red man, red man panties. The right. Blue, the, the, you know, that's fine. I mean, he's got the ass on the chest. You know my, who he is. Right. My you know, thing is, it's like, okay. You're not going to go, is that Superman? Or right. That, you kind of you know, get the right cape, big ass on the chest. You know who that is. Right. My thing, though, is about the suit. And this is even in the comic book. They still give him a belt. Like, he still has like kind of like a belt imprint on the suit. I'm like, well, if he's not wearing like something over that, like, if he's not wearing the red man panties. The, the, the tidy reddies yeah. you know then yeah. why do you need the belt like but then again alright whatever like I'm willing to let it go like I, as much as I have like it look like a onesie to me pretty much yeah. but I mean look at Spider-Man the amazing Spider-Man I when I went in I didn't like the redesign of the suit but I gotta be honest watching the movie it didn't matter to me man I didn't did bother you know so seeing the Superman and whatever like it didn't matter right. like, like oh, let it go Right. Well, let's skip over fourteen. I don't want to. I don't even want to approach that one. No, uh, the whole convoluted number fifteen is the whole convoluted thing about Krypton was stupid and overexplained. Oh, I love the stupid and overexplained, but then also bitch about there wasn't enough character. Mm-hmm. Make it made it unbelievable. And why couldn't Lara um, go into the ship with them? My favorite character was actually portrayed by the actress who played Zod's second in command. That we at least we both agree on. Mm-hmm. She had a great facial expression, his body language was a mean little female enemy. I can go on and on. I don't understand the whole what convoluted thing about Krypton was stupid and overexplained. Like, what exactly was like the whole I idea get, of? I didn't get that either. And again, maybe that goes back to the whole Kryptonian planet being overused for its resources to a point where it's now no longer stable, right? And causing it to explode instead of having oh, sun goes nova, it right. kills everything. Okay, and this we covered. Oh, we since we covered him, and you kind of agreed with me in some parts, and kind of disagreed with me see him some other parts. Mm. What didn't you? Well, the, the, let's attack what you didn't like about well, the, it. The one the, there's there's three main points. One we already covered, which was the um, well, how did he know she was he was at the gravesite? Right. We won't go into that. Right. Anyway. The second one was the key. Superman handed the key to Lois right. Lane, and, and she po- she popped it in to bring up Jarrell into the computer and helped him right. her escape. But then when they were at the end of the movie, they were using his ship basically to knock out part of the. Uh, uses a bomb right. to destroy that connecting piece yeah. that's going to turn the planet Earth into Krypton. Where did they get that kit? He gave him two. You missed that scene. Apparently, when, because mean, when he handed her, remember when he handed her the key? She opened up her palm. There was two keys. 
Well, how did there two keys? There was only one key. Because he, I mean, because he made another one. Maybe there's a backup in the ship. I mean, he went to Home Depot. <laughs> well, no, you know what I mean. I mean, like apparently because of the technology, maybe there was a second one. Because you know, when Pa Kent opened up the thing, he handed him one key. You didn't see whether there's two or three or four yeah. in there. Like this came out of the ship. Okay, well maybe it came out of this console, and maybe it replicated itself when he put it in. I, you know, I got to be honest. No excuse, but when you saw him hand her the key. He did hand her two. Okay. So whether or not... I missed that then. I, I mean, I always assume she got the one, and it's just like, well, where like, did the second right, key come from? Right before they got split on the side ship, yeah. he slipped her the key. I and saw it, that. And there, you know, but I thought it was just one. When she opened up, there was def- there was two keys. Okay. Oh, so, okay. Well, that, that again, we'll have to, when, we, when we watch it again on DVD, we'll pause it and just go, there's two keys. Because <laughs> I saw two keys. All right. I mean, they say it. I mean, it, okay, they explained it. But of course, that'll then bring it, bring it to me. The next question is... Had to get two keys, but again, you have to take a leap of faith, I guess. Right. All right, fine. But the the, the last point, which was the, to me the biggest point, which made you change your mind about, uh-huh. Japan, and the reason why I didn't like this movie was the end of the movie. He's fighting General Zod. Yep. They basically send the. Where did they send it? They sent him back to the Phantom Zone. The rest of the. Well, yeah. What we call what the again with Superman's with Clark's. Phantom, Phantom Drive on his ship yeah. and the Phantom Drive on the prison ship collide. It's like matter and antimatter kind of creating its own black, black hole kind of a situation yeah. where it sucked them all back into the Phantom Zone. Right, and General Zod was the only one that was left on Earth right. other than Superman, the two right. Kryptonians. And even, even, even Superman had troubles too because when he was flying Lois away from everything, you saw, you know, like you could see part of the streaks of him Try to get pulled back in. Right. Okay. So he. So once he got past the the radius of rescuing her, right. It was just him and Zod on the planet. Yeah. So now. So now, of course, they 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 battle to fight to right. Who will win? Right. Basically. Yeah. The the, the 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 big match. The big match at the end. Right. Okay. And general, he's holding General Zod in a in a. In a death lock. It's a death lock. Left, okay, death lock, and he starts shooting his. Key vision to these people that are standing in looks like Grand Central Station. Right. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah. The train station. Yeah. And, the, and he's trying to push the beam closer because it's hitting the wall, and he's pushing it to the right so that way he can hit those people because he knows he likes those people. So he's got to make a choice: either stop grip locking me, but death gripping me, or save the people. You know, type of thing. Make the choice and. He ends up snapping his neck uh-huh. and killing General Zod. So happy about that part. That, to me, is the the one thing that, okay, everything else, okay, you know, uh, uh, you can make changes. You can All make right. the new movie. I was, I was waiting for this one. I was preparing for this you, one. You could, you could, you know, turn it to the fact, you know, Superman lands this planet in today's society. How's he going to survive? Okay. Because all these people are paranoid about, like, things. And, right. Okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the one, the one element of Superman that I always thought, because, he, you know, again, godlike or whatever you want to call it, the one thing is he never kills anybody. He always tries to pacify them to the point where now he's going to put him somewhere, basically like maybe try to put him in the Phantom Zone somewhere or put him into some kind of stasis here on Earth. Okay. So that way he's not going to hurt the human race okay. at all. Okay. But he kills them. So to me, it was like once that happened, all that I was like, that's it. Done. <laughs> okay. Now, I've been waiting for this this part because okay. this is where I, I, again, I think this is where you're going to go. I never saw it this way. Mm-hmm. I'm, going to use a, I'm going to use a Star Trek euphemism. Okay. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to talk about the devastation in the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Obviously, millions of people probably died. Right. Okay. On the whole, he saved 9 billion people by killing Zod. Mm -hmm. So, in a world of war, you have to sacrifice some people. As, as, as much as it sucks, sometimes... Again, it goes back to the plot. Sometimes you have to let people die mm -hmm. in order to achieve a more higher goal. Mm -hmm. So, in the position of going, Zod's going to kill these, going to kill these people. Mm -hmm. I and the only choice I have is to kill Zod because he's never going to stop. Right. He says, "I am never going to stop. You're going to have to kill me to do it." He snaps his neck, and then you forget the anguish that he had from doing it. No, I, no, I, I understood that. That part I got right away because basically he kind of broke away from being a good person by not killing somebody. He had to kill but them. See, now I didn't look at it that way. Okay, Zod was the last representation of a race of people he will never know. Mm -hmm. He truly becomes the last son of Krypton right there in that moment by his own hand by saying, I have to leave that behind me now. I have to kill off the one guy that could answer any questions I ever had about my race of people. I destroyed him to save billions of lives. I sacrificed not only my heritage, but who I am to, for, to save all these people. That didn't see it that way, did you? I still don't. Why? Because it, it because every time <clears throat> Superman is always always thinks of the better solution. It was the only solution. And also keep in mind too, he's only been Superman for what? A day? <laughs> We're talking about an origin story. Yeah. Not again, this is why I think that you are strapped with the Superman of the past. Okay. Past and present. With the exception of Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. Yes, he does do what's right all the time. Mm -hmm. He does. You know, again, annoyingly so. But throughout the entire movie, you saw him save the people on the, the oil rig. Mm -hmm. You saw him save his friends when he was a kid. Right. You saw him grab a pilot out of a, of a, of a recall, the helicopter. Mm -hmm. He obviously saves Lois. Yeah. Okay. And here in this moment, he saves these people. Right. You know, but the only way he can do it is by breaking, by, by on a personal level, choosing who do I believe in more? Like, I can't stop Zod. Zod's never going to stop. Humanity has just now been faced with this whole big what the fuck moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, we'll get into that because now, because again, for me, it was like, that's the reason why I screamed because it was like, I, I'm lost. I don't have any answers anymore. I don't have anything that I chose this this is the only decision I had because what am I gonna do? Put him in a sleeper hold? Obviously, I'm trying to. He's not. He's fighting me on that. Mm -hmm. The only way to, to to stop him is by by killing him. There's and in today's world, sometimes you gotta get dirty. And 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 and, and I understand. I understand that that you, in your eyes that goes against everything Superman represented. Yeah. But to me, that's I agree. I agree a hundred percent. But in today's world, that shit don't fly. You sometimes have got to do the wrong thing for the right reasons. I'll just disagree with you every time. I, I just I don't and, think but that's again, the way it should go. And, you know what? And and that's but see to me that legi me legitimizes Superman that he's knocked off that plas that 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 pedestal of godlike always doing the right thing. You know what? In my eyes, he did the right thing by doing by doing something wrong. All right. So now, do you feel it that way is just on a personal level, or when it comes to Superman? It comes to Superman because the thing is, is that to me. Out of every character, that's the only like hope you have. The fact is, is that he won't cross that line. Okay, but and now, he, no matter what. So, okay, so let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Batman for a minute. Okay. Batman 
It's a guy who never uses guns. Right. But yet in the movie, he straps two of the biggest fucking guns on top of that tumbler and on top of that machine, on top of that motorcycle right. thing of his to a point where Catwoman basically kills Bane with it. Yeah. You know, and even makes a point to say, you don't believe in guns, but I do. Right. Are you okay with that? No. Okay. Excuse me. I'm just, you know, because of who he is. Right. All right, now... I mean, there, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's certain points, because, like, like, the whole Dark Knight Returns, I mean, he uses a gun in there. Right. You know, kind of thing. But that point, you know, he's older. He's that type of... Okay. You know, okay. he's a little bit... Because of all the... Basically, they're, they're you know, okay. American okay. government saying... You know what? Heroes, we're done with you. We don't need you anymore. Well, so now... Okay, now, now this... Now, flip that. Okay. Just for a second... You're against the whole thing Superman snapping Zod's neck, but he's younger. He doesn't know anything at this point. Mm -hmm. He knows he has the ability to do it, and it's fighting between doing it and not doing it. Mm -hmm. You don't know how... Obviously, you see it affect him. Right. So maybe that moment causes him to be that Superman that you know. Okay. Like, that's what I'm trying to get at, is that his anguish and pain from doing that could propel his character to that level of godhood in a way where he does the right thing because people are going why did he fight Zod out in the field mm-hmm. why did he have not like because he's brand spanking new he was forced in this situation just like the rest of us mm-hmm. so you're going to make a mistake you're going to make a bunch of mistakes in that moment mm-hmm. so him him doing that I, I think at that moment could propel him into becoming the kitten out of a tree saver you know that kind of that kind of guy right. where instead of just like yeah i agree you know what is so against the superman mm-hmm. but you know what that's the shock because when we were in the audience the whole audience went holy shit because right. no one expected that right because of who what we know as superman right i'm probably the only one holy shit the rules are gone right in this movie but that doesn't necessarily for the second movie or the third movie. You're like, you're like, you've now given him an origin story where now the weight of what he's done is probably weighs upon him. Mm-hmm. That maybe it does make him a better Superman. To maybe you know, here he's he's Cal, he's Clark Kent, he's Cal. Mm-hmm. You know, so now he has to live up to becoming Superman in the next movie or the third movie or the fourth movie. You'll see the growth of his character. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you needed that next snap to save the character instead of making him, you, you almost humanize him. Mm-hmm. Because in a situation where if my family was in danger and the only choice I have is to kill somebody, I'm killing him twice. You know, he's looking at, this is my home. These are my people. I have no choice here because this guy is going to try to wipe out everything I know and love. Mm-hmm. And he's put in a position. I mean, again, you can disagree with me, but I think that looking at it from that perspective, you can kind of ease up on the hatred of that part by going, he did it for completely different reasons. This is the reason why he's doing it, in my head at least. You know, and that projects him into becoming the Superman that we know, the one that's going to annoy the shit out of me. (laughs) Now, let's look beyond, because of everything that happened, Mm -hmm. you have the Earth kind of changed a little bit, almost greatly. Because of the whole world machine, just because he breaks it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it reversed itself. Right. I mean, if anything, I would say probably at this point, there's probably like an 80% Earth, 20% Krypton. Yeah. We just say, it's a good guess. Yeah. Which now can project so much more because you have concentrated parts of Krypton now embedded in the Earth. Mm-hmm. You now just introduced Kryptonite into the mix. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't see Lex. 
Mm-hmm. So now we have a jumping off point of why Lex Luthor hates Superman. Right. Because he killed millions of people. He could, you know, because of him being on our planet, Zai came down, wanted, and you couldn't go quietly. You killed family members, friends members. I'm now going to dedicate my life to destroy you. You know. But he did go quietly. No, but not at the end. No, they, they destroyed, they, they destroyed, they destroyed Metropolis, for lack of a better term. Right. So... There's collateral damage now that you have to kind of clean up. I mean, granted, I'm sure Lex will probably owns a bunch of, you know, um, construction workers. So he's probably making a gazillion dollars off of this. But by the same token, he can be that force of saying, hey, look, I have a reason to hate you. You killed my friends or you killed my family. You you know, like you don't know what kind of Lex Luthor we're going to be dealing with. Mm -hmm. You killed millions of people and no one's holding you accountable now at this point because no one knows how. Right. Because you are almost a supreme being at this point, I'm making it my mission to find a way to destroy you and make you pay for what you did to Metropolis. Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of that now makes it him more of a believable character than just like a landowner. Right. You know, and you know, in certain incantations of Lex Luthor's character, he becomes president of the United States. Mm-hmm. It's can that can lead in that direction too in right. in ways. And it also brings up the point of, like, not everybody's going to be okay with what just happened. Right. You know, it, he's going to have haters. He's going to have people who are going to want to destroy him. So in the second movie, I hope they kind of address those facts because I do believe there should be consequences to his actions. Mm-hmm. And this is the one, like, but, I, you know, I just kind of feel like as far as character building that you now can build off of. Like, I like the fact that Lois knew he was who he was right from the get-go, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the movie. I liked it. I thought it was great. Glad I didn't see a Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, kind of a Fortress of Solitude. That's kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. But I was glad, you know, it was you didn't need it. Right. You know, so I, I just kind of feel like, to me, that's the reason why the movie worked, because I was, uh, you know, the reason why I liked the movie is because of those aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, and then seeing it a second time, be able to reflect for tonight, it was going, well, we haven't seen Lex yet. Now, what would I do if I was writing the movie? How would I create Lex? Mm-hmm. Pissed off. It. No, yeah, I mean, it makes, it makes a valid point, you know, that, you know, that now, because, again, that would make another great villain right because he's doing right by he's trying to do right by his own people the human race right that he's going to now this guy is now coming you know he saved us but at what cost because there's now now there's casualties now there's the human's lives lost and we're just gonna let him walk away from that right you know i you know unless superman decides to do the oh i'll just spend some time in jail kind of thing for killing billions of people until you need me like (laughs) you you just see him sitting in a jail cell in his suit you know for something like 20 years later (laughs) gotta go (laughs) yeah it's not the Superman we want. It's the Superman we need. Right. <laughs> it's not the Superman we need. It's the Superman we deserve, in my opinion. I think we need that Superman. We need that. We need that edge because in today's world, we need that. We need resolve. I think. Like, and I think killing Zod. I think it was because when I saw it Sunday, there was people cheering that he killed him. Like people were going, "Yeah!" yeah. Like because it was like that's we need that. Like I think that because especially with the world, the way the world is today, right. there's a lot of bad shit going on. And we never really see the resolve of it. So here's a situation where, you know, Zod inadvertently killed millions of people and we get our justice by Superman snapping his neck. Mm-hmm. You know, would have happened in, you know, 1978? Hell no. Right. You know, because the world was different then. Yeah. So I just think that in today's world, I think that, that that's the Superman we deserve. Yeah, but I'm just, I, to me, it's just like if you destroy that hope, then what's left? I, but I don't, I don't see him, like, you're, I, I don't know, because I don't see, his hope is to help guide, is 
that we're going to be better tomorrow. We're working for a better tomorrow. Mm. But again, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. You can't, you know, it's not going to, going to be sunshine and rainbows. You're going to have to get your hands dirty to help something further. Like, I, I mean, it's sad. I, I'm not going to say that it's, it's, it's a perfect world and that's a perfect system. It sucks mm. that we have to sometimes hurt people to get better. Mm. But it's it's a reality. Right. And his and even Jorel said that, and even Jorel and Pa Kent were basically like, "We know you're the answer to something. You know, you're gonna lead. You're gonna help lead these people. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know if he's he he hasn't worked that out how to handle that responsibility yet. Mm-hmm. And it shows in that movie by killing Zod, like because he went with anger, he went with frustration, he went with emotion mm-hmm. instead of the emotionalist kind of patronizing dad figure that he kind of is portrayed in all the other movies. And that's why I think, I think, like, this movie is good to see him maybe for the next movie mold into something better. Well, know? I mean, if, if, if that's the case, then, you know, I'll, I'll accept two, you know, kind of thing. Maybe, you know, I'll definitely look it up with more open eyes and more well, of a well, when it comes down, mind type of... When it comes down Blu-ray, we're going to watch it again. Yeah. You know, especially, I can only imagine the special features are going to be on that thing. <laughs> oh, oh, special features. Love them. You know, because I do think that, like, initially, I think that like it's like I think it's gonna be like a daredevil for you, mm-hmm. where you're, initially you don't like it, but I think that when you look at it from a from a an objective view, because even I was going in calling it Superman, because right. I'm like, I, we have to see this movie. I want to see the movie, but then I walked down. I went, that's not Superman. That's Man of Steel. That's completely two different two different thought patterns now. Right. You know, and I think that people who who are really slamming the movie now, I don't. And I'll be honest, you're not slamming the movie. You're just saying you didn't like it. It wasn't your cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, I was think too, it might be like an Iron Man two effect. That I think you might appreciate it more when you see it in, in another another light, or when it's in side by side when a big picture is presented. Right. And, you know, I'm not trying to win you over. I'm just trying to say, like, I think you're you're rushing to judgment. No, I mean maybe I am, and you know, just I just I just know what I know, I, and I and I applied it to this movie. And granted, like like I said. Like a lot of the stuff that we went through this whole this whole episode, a lot of it was nitpicking, a lot right. of, you know type of thing, and and some of it I agree with. It's not saying that what Dave presented was all like just bull. I mean, right. like some of the stuff's like, yeah, you know what? That's that's a valid point. You know, like that's that's for debate. You know, kind right. of thing. But the thing for me is is that when you when you take that main element. And I know, you know, I understand he's doing it for the greater right. good. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. He's got to break a few eggs to to do it. You know, kind of thing. It's just that that major piece of hope is now gone. It's just like that. Susan, that next snap, it was like, holy shit, he just did the one unthinkable thing that he would never do. And granted, based on the, like you said, like the whole, like now it's a different time. He's just been Superman for what, a couple days? Right. You know, kind of thing. So now he's got to fill into this role but i mean he was always brought up on the farm you know to to know you know to determine right from wrong and it was like a major wrong that he had to do to save the world granted yes but the thing is is that he should have superman smart in that he should have done something else okay i'm gonna present it to you what do you think he should have done maybe picked him up and flew him away get him get him away from the people <laughs> get him out of harm's way of of Let's stop destroying uh, the metropolis. Let's go to a field now. Oh, I'm, I'm chuckling at, at at the fact that that it is a very simple, basic excuse to pick him up, fly him off. You're right. He could have done that. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna argue that point. Mm-hmm. Point is, Zod was never gonna stop. How do you stop Zod? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Not where they were doing it. How do you do it? 
Well, it's granted. I mean, you know, I mean, he would need more time to figure that out. And granted, you're battling him right then and there. So how do you take the time to figure no, that out? Right, not like that. But, but then, there's a, there's got to be a point where he could figure out a way as he's battling him to knock him out. And again, and then, I, I would I would agree, but you still are left with the anti Superman, if you will, mm-hmm. the guy who can do exactly the same stuff Superman does with the sole purpose of now wiping out everybody on the face of the earth, just. Because he's pissed off at Superman. How do you deal with that? Like I said, like putting your put yourself in a position. Let's say you have some, like your mortal enemy who now tells you, "Ed, I am going to kill every member of your family. And the only way to stop me is by killing me." How do you stop that guy? I'll go to jail. When I get out, I'm going to pick up right where I left off. And I'll, I mean, what do you do? You we're going to knock him out in the space. Like I mean, for for Superman's case, going to knock Zod out in the space. He obviously made it back once. He knows where the place is. You're going to bury him in a hole. I mean, you can't contain him in any way, shape, or form because he is just as powerful as Superman. But the one thing that makes him different from Superman is that he has a drive to not look back and not think twice about killing somebody to get what he wants. Where I do agree that Superman has to look around. But you have to ask yourself a question. Even in back in 1979, let's look at it that way. How do you stop a man like Zod? I mean, how did how did Superman defeat Zod in Superman 2? He flicked the lights. He turned them from white to red. He put the Kryptonian sun in the Fortress of Solitude to make them all weak. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would never work. I mean, in wasn't even part of the comic book lexicon. Well, let's, let's go back to the point where you were you're conjecturing the fact that like now maybe twenty percent of the world now is Kryptonian. Right. Build a prison right there, and he, he says no power. But, but okay, <laughs> I, you know what? Good point. How long do you think it's going to take them to get that Krypton, that Kryptonian cage built? What's he supposed to do? Beat the shit out of him from t- you know. Well, maybe they knock him out enough times so that you know they, <laughs> they, they build, you know, they build I, it. So basically, you're like, okay, look, I took this two by four and I clunked him over the head. The moment he stirs, hit him again. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. You know, like, uh, granted, it, it, they they painted a hole. They put you in a they put you in a corner that now you can't get out of. Now they put the scenario in where you, it's like, yeah, you know what? There is no other way. He has to die. That that's it. Like, but they wrote it that way. You could have wrote it another way. But, uh, I, I, okay, yeah, I, you're right. They could have. They could have. I mean, but I think again. I, I mean, I'm looking at it from a from a society point of from a world point of view of our movies reflect on our society, mm-hmm. and that I understand the hope aspect and all that stuff. But in 1879, we were more hopeful than we were today. Yeah. Today, we're people of of political correctness of. Things aren't the way they used to be, you know, and we're on a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. So we have no, we are a hopeless society. I, I don't like to think that. I like to think that, you know what, tomorrow's always a new day, always a way to, to handle stuff differently. Mm-hmm. But majority of the world isn't happy with that. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 like I said, this, this is going to be an, an ongoing debate yeah, forever, I mean, and we'll, you know, I think... So I think it's time to, to call the show. Yeah, tonight. I mean, and you know, we'll we'll pick this up in a future. Time. When it comes out on Blu-ray, we'll again rehash the whole argument. Going, dude, I think you're wrong. I think he had no choice to kill him. Right. Uh, you know what? And it's going to start. It, I think it's going to start a franchise. It made its money back this weekend. It, it's going to be. It's number one in the box office. It's going to be number one for a while. Yeah. It's it's already broken a few records. But mm-hmm. I mean, if, you know, and I think a lot of the arguments people are using with the destruction is stupid. It's quite honestly, right. like because Avengers was the third highest grossing film of all time, and that had just as much destruction in it, mm-hmm. and if not five times the instruction, five times the destruction because you you had five characters. Like right. so, I mean, I do think that people who are, are hitting it on it too hard, 
they really need to pull themselves away from what they know about Superman and give it a second shot. I yeah. think they'll appreciate it more. Like I said, I'll, I'll definitely watch it again. And, and yeah, I'm gonna make it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thank you, Dave Sipon, for for bringing up the points. They were very interesting. And again, I you know wish you were here to be a part of this conversation. But unfortunately, with your working schedule and movie schedule, it was very difficult for you to do that. So, on that note. If you want to contact Sean and tell how much of an idiot I was, you can contact Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. Or if you want to, you know, express your pain on how Ed needs to brush out the glitter and rainbows from his eyes, you can contact him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and like us. And if you know that sometimes the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, you might be a geekster.